Peace, 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 everyone. Peace. My name is Jamar Jabari, and welcome to another episode of Jabari Vok Podcast, where we talk about causes that matter and issues that we need to keep on talking about. And I have a returning guest. You know him by the name of Alex Suarez. Alex Suarez is a historian, an activist, who has been a part of a lot of causes, especially on the topic that we're going to talk about today with the Huru. He is a member of the Huru, and he is going to talk about the Huru 3. We had some bad news, unfortunately, from let's 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 talk about this judge's name. So everyone can know this judge's name. The name of this judge is Judge William John Jong. William Jong. William Jong decided to deny the demissal of these bogus charges that the Hulu 3 is dealing with. And we're going to have a conversation about this and also how we can support and stand in solidarity. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And without further ado, I bring on Alex Suarez. Peace, Thank comrade. Thank you for having me, comrade. How's it going? Very, very, very well. Very well. Um, just trying to continue to spread the good messages out about liberation. <laughs> so I'm surprised the judge's last name wasn't Italian because, uh, for example, <laughs> the uh, nothing against Italians personally, but for example, yeah. the uh, the judge that handled the federal case um, in Miami against Alex Saab, right, uh, was Judge Scola. And he was actually appointed by Obama. So he was a liberal fascist uh, in the style of Mussolini because Mussolini was even among the left at one point. And, uh, really? well, of course, he came out of the Socialist Party of Italy. But uh, oh, that's right. Yep. The, the, the Scola, at the time, I said Scola's uh, the Democrat version of Scalia. Two Italian justices right there in the in the in the footsteps of their fellow, fellow Paisano, right? A, a fellow, fellow countryman, uh, Mussolini. Mm -hmm. uh, but the judicial fascism, also known as lawfare, for those who are not familiar with that term, it's a combination between the law and warfare. So using the judicial process to persecute rather than prosecute. Also, to address the title in regards to the judge being corrupt, let me just say... We're not implying that he's taken bribes, but we're saying it's part of a corrupt uh, logic, a logic yeah. that's been corrupted, you could say, and part of a corrupt system in general. Yeah. The fact that this and, was rejected, and it took so long to reject it. And from what I've right. read so far, the judge was saying things like content neutral. Which means, and I remember the content neutral was mentioned in the courtroom back in September when I went to Tampa to the courthouse. Um, content neutral means it doesn't matter what they're saying at the behest of Russia. They still have mm -hmm. register of foreign agents. And then something that the judge put in there, it's unbelievable, is that if they were speaking about Russian cuisine, literally Russian cuisine, Russian food at the behest of the Russians, they still have to register a foreign agent. It has nothing to do with the message. Give me a break. Oh if you're getting billions from APAC to advocate for genocide, you're fine, according to the judiciary 
branch in this nation, in this imperial right. nation. But if you're speaking out on behalf of oppressed people within the U.S. empire, within the colonial project of the United States, uh, and you happen to have gone to Russia on one of your trips, like you did back in 2015, prior to the special military operation in Ukraine, uh, then they want to say that you had to register foreign agents, which is a serious offense, a federal offense that could face up to 15 years. And what a lot of people don't realize is that two out of three of the defendants, this is essentially a death sentence. Why is that? Right. Tony Hess is in her late 70s. The chairman, O'Malley, is in his early 80s. To be in prison for 15 years is a death sentence. You know what kind of food right. is in there? Yeah. I mean, he died any time from a knife fight, including Jesse, who's younger, who could possibly survive the sentence. But the odds of Comrades Penny or the chairman uh, or any of these three comrades, you know, getting out unscathed is, is not with that sentence, you know, and they're trying to throw the book at them, but with no evidence. Right. And their defense team is assisting on a jury trial. But here's the thing. Even if a lot of those jurors are conservatives and some conservatives, especially Trump, Trumpian conservatives, tend to agree with the Huru on NATO mm-hmm. in their position mm-hmm. for over half a century, long before. I mean, oh, back when they, they were the Soviet Union, long before Putin was in control. Right. Um, and so, uh, uh, don't tell me I lost my train of thought. I should have some coffee before the show. What was the last thing I said? You were talking about how the Republicans, oh, yeah. um, when it comes to NATO. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now I know what I was going to say. So, mm-hmm. even though some of those jurors may be Republicans who would agree on the foreign policy positions of Yuhuru in regards to being against the expansion of NATO, the, provoc- the provocation against Russia on the frontiers of Russia whatnot. Um, at the same time, they're going to be depicted by the prosecution to be leftist activists. And these right-wingers hate leftist activists. They hate Antifa. Most of them, if you ask them outright, do you know what Antifa stands for? They would say, yeah, they stand for you know, beating up right-wingers and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. They yeah. stand for anti-fascist. They don't even know Antifa right. short for anti-fascist. That's the level of... Literally the name. You <laughs> don't even do a Google search or a Wikipedia look at... What, I mean, Wikipedia is not entirely accurate, but at least it says what Antifa start, stands for, how they started. They were started by American Jews to, uh, uh, you know, when, when the Nazis first took over the 1930s in Germany. Right. Um, in response to that, there were anti-fascist groups that that were not supported by the U.S. government. The U.S. was either neutral or pro-Nazi in the beginning. Uh, they saw them as a group they could use against the Soviet Union. Right. Um, so the Americans, for example, that went to Spain to fight Franco, who was backed up by Mussolini and Hitler at the time, a lot of them were rounded up and thrown in prison upon returning to the United States, even though FDR was kind of on the left. He, he succumbed to pressure on the right. Now, if you were a famous writer like Hemingway, the feds would just spy on you. They wouldn't put you in jail. So Hemingway went. To Spain and fought fascists, but he came back and wasn't put in prison. But the unknown ones were. Mm. Uh, and so there was even, and I wrote a paper about this back in college, uh, you know, what they call African Americans that were in the brigades in Spain that fought the fascists because they saw a correlation between Mussolini's invasion of Ethiopia against their African brothers and sisters. And the uh, Mussolini sending planes to kill leftists in Spain to fight Franco. Uh, and so that international proletarianism, which Che was was a product of later on in the next generation, 
For example, Che Guevara in Argentina, his family took in Spanish refugees of that civil war that were leftists. And so Che was educated about leftism through Spanish refugees that fled that, that very conflict in the 1930s. Um, but, you know, before it was popular to be anti-fascist, which is when finally the United States went into the war in World War II after Germany declared war on them in Italy, after the attack on Pearl Harbor by, by the Japanese imperialists, um, who were in treaty with those two nations. Uh, so before that, there was a lot of pressure either to stay out of the war by the right-wing isolationists, not anti-imperialists, by any means, or for them to uh, get behind the Nazis to use as a proxy against the Soviet Union. Um, and so Stalin was no saint, but he was brave enough to stay in Moscow. He stayed in a bunker. Um, he could have fled Moscow, but he knew that that would be a sign of weakness. And so he stayed in Moscow and, and fought off the Nazis. There was many warnings given to Stalin by his allies, and he ignored them. He thought his pact with Hitler, not alliance, pact with Hitler, non-aggression pact, which I think was a mistake, but it wasn't an alliance by any means. He thought right. through his pact through Hitler that Hitler wouldn't invade, so he underestimated Hitler. Uh, but the Germans didn't study history very well, did they? Because they should have known when Napoleon went into Moscow, when the right. Russian winter came, that was it. Yeah. Uh, so the Russians survived their winter. The Germans didn't, and they started to fight back. And then, of course, Hitler's obsession with Stalingrad, not to get too off topic, but we're talking about fascism and what the Hoover Three are going through. But, you know, Hitler was obsessed because it was a city after Stalin. He wanted to go in. There was no strategic importance to go into the city. And the siege severely weakened the Nazi forces. It wasn't just Nazis. They sent in collaborators, Romanians, uh, Italians. Uh, you know, they, they, they sent all these uh, allies in to Stalingrad because so many Germans were dying. They needed to rely on other peoples to bring in. But the Russians were decimating them upon trying to enter uh, the, the Stalingrad front. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so scary for Germans. Like, if you got in trouble with, with, uh, with the SS and they wanted to get rid of you, but they couldn't execute you, they'd send you to the Eastern Front. That was like the worst thing you could do because that was a guaranteed death. Don't send me to Stalingrad, please. That was like the worst because they so feared the Soviets. Yes. Um, but the Soviet sacrifice was more than any other nation. We're talking about up to 30 million people. And it's yeah. interesting because a lot of people negate the fact or deny the fact that out of the 6 million Jews figure, 2 million of them were Soviet Jews. Yeah. So that means uh, there's a huge population of all Russian Jews were Soviet Jews, yeah. including Soviet Jewish militias, uh, Soviet Jewish soldiers that were resisting Nazis. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that six million figure also includes Soviets. They deny that a number of what we, what's called Russian Jews today were killed in the Nazi Holocaust. It wasn't just German or Polish Jews, etc. Yeah, yeah. I mean. When when we talk like we talk, you go into a very deep um, understanding of anti-fascists and how they started, it's kind of sad that we that they don't even get that type of like recognition here in the states. They're just automatically assumed as like like wild anarchists. I've heard really di mad different types of ways to describe them that is all negative and i'm like hey um you need to learn your history and how these how this organization is made um and of course of all places florida is the place to to just all they they these guys are so reactionary there i mean it's kind of really really ridiculous and the state where i reside don't no? let me tell you it was a relief to find out 
that De Satan, as we call him instead of DeSantis, withdrew mm-hmm. from the presidential race because he's a more effective evil than Trump. Trump's, Trump's evil. I'm not going to negate that. Right. But DeSantis, as a, as a military lawyer, knew even better how to get shit done than Trump. You know, Trump got some stuff done. He made some terrible promises. I mean, promises for things I completely disagree with that he got done. But there was a lot of stuff he couldn't get done because he didn't know how right. to. He doesn't come from a legal or political background. DeSantis right. does. So that made it even more scary, right? We see in education and the and the, yeah. and the fascist uh, implementation, the cover-up of the Nazi Holocaust in public schools. We know that. Uh, the cover-up, of course, of slavery. They can only address it by saying it was a benefit for black people. There was some bipartisan support for that as well, not just DeSantis. Some of the more sellout Democrats that are collaborators with the Nazi Republicans. But this is what's going on in the in this so-called battleground state. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, and O'Malley's and the rest of Huru 3, their struggle is definitely intertwined with, you know, this type of government in in Florida where they where DeSantis is. Their headquarters is in St. Petersburg, Florida. I believe DeSantis was born in Tampa. So he was born in that area because St. Petersburg, Florida is in the Tampa Bay area. But Uh that's one of the main headquarters of Uhuru. I mean, the chairman of Mali himself was born in Florida. So it's important Mm. state to move as well. And and that's that's fascist to use the law to ban things you don't like. Well, also, you know, know, for example, uh, Jesse Neville is one of the three. You know, he's a comrade of mine. Uh, you know, he's about my age in his, th- in his thirties, I think, um, you know, comrade Jesse, he, uh, ran for mayor of St. Petersburg mm-hmm. a few years ago. And they're trying to use that fact to say, Oh, the campaign was run by Russian money. It's ridiculous. If you actually read the, the, the legal documents, the only thing that was proven was that a Russian national came to the United States as part of a tour on reparations. And right. there was some money there just for travel expenses. But nothing and towards the that that the Russian advised the campaign of Jesse Neville, let, mm. al- let alone uh, the unindicted co-conspirator. What's her name? Akile. Akile ran for, I believe, city council. Mm. So they tried to imply that she had some Russian influence there. I mean, the allegations themselves are racist if you think about it. And so I want to stress that the Uru movement is more anti-colonial than anti-racist. They're not trying to change people's mind if they're already racist. They, could, they, they, don't, they don't care. They're fighting colonialism. But, yeah. but you know, the charges are racist because they're saying that black people fighting for their own liberation, they're incapable of doing so without some white guy in Russia telling them what to do. Which is absolutely right. despicable. I mean, actually, all the evidence is the contrary. There's, there's a communication that they show between the Russian national in question and the chairman. And the chairman's arguing with him and says, we're not going to meet with that group. We're not going to do what you tell us. How is that being led or orchestrated by the Russians. It's just pure McCarthyism. Yeah, yeah. And this happened for, for people that, that to get understand, the FBI raided them before they raided Trump, more more lago The weekend before, but, yeah. It was one week yeah. before. So we're, we as leftists, oh, I, I remember when that when The that thing happened. is, the Republicans that were supported Trump post-raid, yeah. They only said abolish the feds when they went after Mar a Largo. They were completely exactly. silent, even being headline news when it came mm-hmm. to Hoodle, because they're only against but, the feds when it's against their people. That's yeah, the double standards. Very double standard. Here we have another example of the FBI going after one of our black leaders. Like literally, they have decades of history of going after our black leaders. I mean, who was the first one? Marcus Garvey? That they, they, they went after first. So you have a, a legacy of them always doing this, but the right only wants to focus on when they went after Trump. 
and then they get mad and, and want to and suck their teeth when people, when, well, like, people know, like, like, whatever. <laughs> Garvey, who was an immigrant, who was imported from this country, just like Emma Goldman and comes yeah. other this. But uh, Garvey, what a lot of people don't realize is that Malcolm X's parents were Garveyites. And so there's direct correlation between the political education of Malcolm X and, 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 and Garvey. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't realize Malcolm X was a brilliant student. He was elected class president in a mostly white school uh, because he was so charismatic and intelligent. Uh, and, you know, he probably would have went to college and had a degree and not gone to the street and resorted to crime had the state not killed his father. And why do I say the state killed his father? Because it wasn't just the KKK. Mm -hmm. Because the life insurance policy said this father killed himself. It's like, how could you, you kill yourself when you hit yourself over the head with, with a hammer and, and make your body go over these railroad tracks? It was so obviously a murder by the KKK because he stood up to the KKK. Yeah. Uh, and the life insurance that was guaranteed his family was not given to his family, which tore his family apart. Uh, you know, and so he was a victim of the state. He was a victim of the KKK. And because of that, he didn't go on to college, but he was always brilliant. Uh, so, you know, when he became, you know, a political activist later on, uh, that would think was inevitable because you have somebody mm -hmm. suffered injustices like that without intelligence, without charisma. Of course, they were going to lead something eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, he was kind of like the new Garvey in a way for the, for the next generation. Uh, mm -hmm. But something else I wanted to mention, because you touched on Florida, you know, his history is very important to me. So only about 45 minutes from where I'm at here, I'm, I'm in Northeast Florida, mm -hmm. uh, due south is a town called St. Augustine. And there was people speaking Spanish, my father's tongue, uh, here since the 1500s, long before there was French or English speakers here. And what I mention this, because the Seminoles, along with the Spaniards and the freed slaves, a lot of people don't know this. They have made a Hollywood movie about it yet. And I touched on it in my speech back in November in DC. There was three Seminole Wars. And each one of those wars, and those were against the United States, not Spain. The Spanish let the Seminoles be. Basically, if you said you were Catholic in name, you'd have to prove it. They let you be. It wasn't like the Inquisition in Europe. They were much more laid back in Florida. Um, and so the Seminoles took in runaway slaves. The runaway slaves said, oh, yeah, sure, I'm Catholic, too. You know, they were advised mm -hmm. by the Seminoles. What do you say to the Spaniards? They'll let you do what you want. Just tell them you're Catholic. And so basically, <laughs> you know, they ran an entire fort called Fort Mose, which is very close to St. Augustine. Um and you can go to several historic sites in St. Augustine. You can even go to Fort Caroline where the, where the French Protestants used to live. They used to fight the Spaniards before the British and the Americans came down. Um, but uh, there is no, not even a plaque held up in Fort Mose because that was run by former slaves under Seminole Spanish protection. That's just the fact. And who shut down Fort Mose? Uh, Andrew Jackson. The man that Jacksonville is named after. This is the thing. I'm all about taking down Confederate statues. Put them in museums for historical purposes. Don't cover up the history, but take them yeah. down. Why purify this, right? So we don't forget. Um, yeah. And a lot of these statues were built during segregation, long after the Civil War. Right. Uh, so they were built to signify hate and division, um, and to glorify uh, slave owners, really, uh, slavers. But I'm all in favor of that, but at the same time, you need to start changing the names of cities to, to, to indigenous names. There's several indigenous names or seminal names here in Florida, even the state capital, Tallahassee, for example. Uh, but why not give Jacksonville, for example, a, a native name 
or indigenous name. Um, it's named after uh, a slaver and a genociner of natives and who was Andrew Jackson, who, who decimated Fort Mose and shut it down when, once the Spaniards left Florida. Uh, but they should make a movie about Fort Mose and they should make at least a plaque or a historical site, but it's completely covered up. And this is before DeSantis mm-hmm. is covered up. DeSantis is just oh, adding really? his and how we cover things up using the law and you know in public schools or whatnot which as a result has been many vacancies uh for teachers and protests in the history department whatnot a lot of mm-hmm. subs have come in as well although some of those subs have been exploited as well that's a different story i was a sub yeah. at one point but this is the system of capitalism and and the fascistic the santis uh or trumpian because trump resides in florida as well uh way you know as a matter of fact, the Santheism is more like Trumpism now because he's backing Trump, backing yeah. out. Um, but uh, I mean, Nikki Haley, talk about an immigrant covering up her origins. Haley's not a real last name; she, she's from India. Yeah, uh, I believe her parents are from India, but she changed her last name to sound more gringa, right? More American, North American, yeah. you could say. Uh, talk about a self-hater, right? She kind of reminds me of Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz was born in Canada to an American mother and a Cuban immigrant father. Uh, but he always tries to make himself look American. I'm su- surprised Ted Cruz didn't change his last name to like Tom Cruise, you know, <laughs> other Cruise instead of, uh, you know, C-R-U-Z. Um, it must suck. It must suck to be self-hating like that. Like, And now Cruise is backing Trump, even though he age. refused to back him in the RNC because he insulted his mm-hmm. wife. <laughs> but he has so little dignity. You can insult your wife a couple years later, forget all about it, and be an opportunistic pig in the political Bow process. Down. That's what it is. Bow down. And I'm not just trying to go for Republicans. Biden is called uh, genocide Joe for a reason now, isn't he? Yeah. And you know, that's the thing. You know, when it comes to the Democrats, they, like, you, this is why I feel, I fear for O'Malley, O'Malley and um, the Hoover Three, and, and for people to know, O'Malley is one of the like OGs from back in the day, like the original revolutionaries. Well, he was arrested era. in 1966. Yeah, uh, because there was a mural that he was fighting in court for them to take down, extremely racist mural that they had in St. Petersburg in his hometown. Um, and not only did they, in the courts, lose the battle to take down the mural. Uh, but in the media, they were insulting black women that, you know, were showing up to protest the mural. And when they were in, when they were disrespecting his women in his community, the chairman had enough. And this was before the start of Uhuru, which was 1972, after he got out of prison. But in 1966, he was sentenced uh, to go to prison for going down there and tearing down with his own hands the mural. He mm-hmm. took it into his own hands as a revolutionary because he had enough. And he was in his 20s then. He was very young. But. He was around in that time in the era in the sixties and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And very and, few and, from that time that were politically active and, and revolutionary causes left unscathed without prison sentence or murder. He served prison sentence. They're trying to put him back in again. His house has been firebombed. Their headquarters were raided in St. Louis and in St. Petersburg. I mean, this is what the imperialists do. Yeah. Ridiculous. It, it really is. And, and it seems like now they're trying to put him back in for the for, for the remainder of his life. And it's and I guess what 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 can we do? Can we can we continue? Can what what can we do? Is it is spreading the message enough and, and, the state, and calling the state? Do it, are there people that we have to call that that well, well let me answer that first question? 
The state okay. needs to know. And you know which state I'm talking about, the real state that, yeah. that we reside in. The right. state needs to know that there's going to be hell to pay if they take our leaders. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to accuse me of inciting a riot. I'm just saying what the reality is. I'll give you an example. The L.A. riots. What made Herbert Walker Bush by no means a liberal? You know, not even partial leftist. Right. Uh, what made Herbert Walker Bush, despite the fact those officers that, that crippled Rodney King in L.A. in the 90s, despite the fact that they were acquitted, what made Herbert Walker Bush make federal charges and put them in prison? The L.A. riots. You think if they had just gone around and, and, and sang Kumbaya, you know, we shall overcome, that, that Herbert Walker Bush would have bothered to do that? It was the fear of the L.A. riots that made justice be served. The state needs to know the uproar that they will cause if our leaders are put in. Yeah. And, and, so and, and they're the not case, covering this. If that's the they're case, not- hopefully they're found not guilty. Because I don't see yeah. them taking deal. The Huro three are the best of the best of the activists of this nation, and they will fight to the end. They're very principled. Now, with the FARA, I have questions on it. Is was this was was this a part of a, a FARA investigation? Because you know when journalists and uh, and um, activists, I, I think it's mostly a journalist thing. You have to when you're you're doing foreign affairs, you have to register with FARA, right? And I, have they? Is this a part of that charge? So I can get a clear question in the courtroom uh, that there's never been a single case where somebody was convicted of not registering as a foreign agent. It's never happened before. Mm -hmm. So they don't even know the criteria of how to sentence somebody for that because it's never happened before. Florida. Who are the first people (laughs) to register as foreign agents? Who are the first people? APAC. Mm -hmm. APAC. Mm -hmm. Billions. Billions. I don't care if it's legal. It's still bribery, okay? When this you're is sending millions of dollars to individuals to change right. how they vote in the, in the legislature, in the legislative right. branch, that is that is bribery. That is be working at the behest of a foreign country, which is a genocidal nation, which is a Zionist nation, a Zionist entity of, of Israel. You know, and they have their money in almost every politician's pockets. When you look at who endorses who, and who is funded by who, almost every politician has their hands on APAC. Every politician. Even J Street. Are you familiar with J Street? Um, APAC has given so-called donations to both Republicans and Democrats. Right. J Street's supposed to be a little more moderate, mm-hmm. but they're also advocating for Zionists, and they give money to Democrats, even to call themselves progressives. So there's so many lobbies. Too many. Too many. Lot, lot, the the lobbyists should be charged. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. If you lose political office <laughs> being a sellout and your constituents had enough, you become a lobbyist as well. That's so, so corrupt. They call, it, they call they have a term for it. It's called the revolving door. So if you lose your position in Washington, you have a position waiting for you as a well-paid lobbyist. Mm. So then you're just selling out a different way. Jesus Christ, man. Oh. <sighs> Oh my God! So, is there any way they term can limits. Okay. okay, okay. If you're gonna have term limits for for Supreme Court justices, right? I agree right. with that. By the way, yeah, yeah. Term At limits. At the same yeah. time, you should make it illegal that if they retire, they become lobbyists. 
because they could mm. do some damage having known as Supreme Court justices right. how to how to use the system. Right. Once they become lobbyists, or they shouldn't join boards. So, because like, you know, once you pass one law, you need to back it up with another. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah, you made some progress. Let's say you know we got that passed. The term limits for the Supreme Court justices, right? Right. You have to put something in there to prevent them from coming lobbyists. I would say the same thing for all politicians, because even though the Supreme Court justices are judicial. The, the, these are political trials that they oversee because they determine policy. And what's mm -hmm. happening with the Hudo 3, just like with Alex Saab, is a political trial, just like Abdul Assange. Political trial, not based on logic, not based on truth, but based on hidden agendas that us as activists and revolutionaries should expose. And they have no, they have no right to be holding these people. And they're going to drag this on, like you said, it took them this long. By the way, their freedom of movement, their freedom of movement. I, I'm not going to say which of the who or three I spoke to. Uh -huh. One time I had a conversation with them and they said, oh, I hope to go to Florida. It, it depends if they let me. You understand what I'm saying? Because even now, even though they haven't been convicted of anything, right? Their freedom of movement, they have to get permission to go to certain events. Uh -huh. It's a total violation of their human rights. They're out on bail, bail and they, they shouldn't have had to pay that bail. This trial should have never even been initiated. It's a right. travesty. But people that are listening, how can uh, how can we show support? What should we be doing? Besides, I know that we should be talking about it. Twenty. Well, the thing is, when you, when somebody goes to a Palestine rally, they should have the Huru flag, or at least a sign that says "Free Huru Three, because the Palestinian cause is a cause that Malcolm X championed, a cause that o Sherman o O'Malley over fifty years has been advocating for. Right. And there's some white opportunist groups or white led opportunist groups that not not to name names that are using the fact as, as if it's a fad, you know, like a hashtag on Twitter or, or X that, you know, free Palestine, free Gaza to get more support in more donations or whatever. But this is something that Uhuru has been fighting for. This is like they help make reparations a household name. I finished the book the other day that it's called The Verdict is In. It's all about the uh, reparations uh, trial at the at the uh, UN that was brought in, in New York. And I read the testimonials of people like uh, Afeni Shakur, Tupac Shakur's mother, who was a political prisoner, who was an important member of the Black Panthers, whose, whose uh, stepsister fled to Cuba. She was uh, escaped prison. Uh, you know, she was uh, held on trumped up charges. Uh, you know, so, you know, there's a direct correlation between what was left of the Black Panthers and in 1972, the, the formation of the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement and their solidarity groups with, with whites and, and brown skinned people, Latinos like myself. Mm -hmm. This continues on to the present. Mm. Well, I hope that they don't have to flee to Cuba like our revolutionaries of the past. Well, even Fred Hampton Sr., before he was assassinated on orders from Hoover, right? Uh, when they were trying to uh, have a trumped-up charge on him for stealing ice cream or something, something absurd, uh, you know, throw the book at him for it. Uh, they were talking about him going to Cuba as well. I'm not mm -hmm. saying I know who's going to go where, but, but I think what's important to stress is there's going to be a public outroar, uproar, I'm sorry, uproar, an outrage, against the uh, injustice if, if they are found guilty, if they're sentenced. Yeah. And, and by the way, there's a correlation with Pelosi's statements. 
I was just about to bring that up earlier. It was yeah. right around the time of the not the indictment of this the dismissal, right of the of the, the motion to dismiss trial, the rejection of it by right. the judge, by the corrupt judge. Uh, the decision is corrupt, but right around that time, Pelosi, this important member of the Democratic Party, former Speaker of the House, went on CNN on the record to say. And her second statement, I'm going to mention, is not on the record, but I've seen footage of it. She said this. They might have taken right. it down, you know, the censorship. But she said on, I believe, it was CNN uh, the other day uh, that those that are now protesting for Palestine are Russian agents. Yeah. And she said that Putin wants peace as if it's a bad thing to want for peace. Yeah. And there's people buying it up. That's how brainwashed they are. Um, uh, and, and, you know, anybody, for example, who wants peace in Ukraine, oh, you must be a, a Putinist. This is how they think. This is how these, these liberals think. Um, and so the next day there was protests outside her home. And I saw the footage of this. She yelled at one of them, go back to China, go back to your headquarters in China, as if they're Chinese agents. By the way, there could have been Asians there. How is that not racist? Go back to China. This is supposed to be your progressive Pelosi. Give me a break. Literally. She she's she's getting to that that level where she's just these these people are true believers for for people to understand. I mean, like they believe in their bullshit. They believe in their. Well, bullshit. At least they pretend to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're being nice. You're saying they pretend. I think these are really fucking fools. <laughs> like, because they've been groomed, they've been guided, and hey, I got a joke for you. At this point, I got a joke you know for you. But I got I can drink water before I tell you the joke. All right. If I laugh at my own joke and my throat's my throat's too dry, I'm gonna start coughing. I'll give you a clue. It has to do with Pelosi. All right. Definitely a political political joke. All right. Give me a second. Say what you want to say. What's up? <laughs> Pelosi is it, she she's done. She needs to stop. Like okay, these- so guess what P- Nancy Pelosi's husband's favorite rapper is? Who? Yeah, MC favorite, Hammer. Right? Really? Get it? MC Hammer? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Now you get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that in a Twitter, uh, Twitter <laughs> meme the other day. What was what was rapper is MC Hammer? Well, you know, you know that was his game number, though, right? That's what they say. I, I don't know. I wasn't. That's what they girl. say. Yeah, I heard. There's a lover, a lover's quarrel that went wrong, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know neither. But I'm just like, like what went down? Like that's I hate of, when an old man gets beat up like that. But we're talking about criminals here. I know, right? I was, like, was, was he convicted of corruption, and even implicated Pelosi. It's part of reason why she. Uh, uh, it's part of reason why she retired early, and because she wasn't planning to retire. Um, and also, he got caught in a DUI. The DUI thing was before. The, it could have been staged. To, but they said he was really hurt. But the DUI, uh, which is before this, um, I, at first I thought it was staged. I'm skeptical because I thought, okay, he wanted to look better. Oh, poor me. Forget it, but the fact that I got you know caught in a DUI. Right. That guy... These are powerful figures, you know, like driving really bad for the cops to stop him and still get in trouble, him being Pelosi's husband. I think he told the cops, I'm like, do you know who I am? (laughs) The arrogance of these people. Yeah, I remember in Tampa, when I used to live in Tampa, like the college president and vice president of the college I attended, 
on two different occasions got caught in DUIs and they were all over the media and they still kept their jobs. But I heard about a school principal who got caught in DUI. He was fired. But when you're at that level in the college overpaid with all that power, that's why textbooks keep changing, but the content stay the same and they overprice everything to overinflate the, the budget of administrators and colleges. Oh, really? they get away with crimes like that. Not just in Tampa. That's just one example. Why am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised? <clears throat> so um before before we go, I wanted to show where's my article? Oh, I could go for another 20 minutes. I said about an hour, so yeah, There's no rush. Where is my freaking article? I had a which article are you talking about? Oh yeah, this is the perfect time to bring it up. By the way, bring if it, you have anybody it. ask us anything or comment us anything on YouTube, let me know. I could answer to it too. Yeah, yeah, guys. If you got any questions, let me definitely let me know. I don't see any right now yet. Um, but I wanted to go into Pakistan real quick. I wanted to well, what's see going on over there. Imran Khan has been sentenced for 10 years. Oh, no. And this is right after he actually has proof that the United States government did, in fact, collude with Pakistan to remove him from office. Well, the Pakistani military, yes. Yeah, the Pakistani military. Yeah, yeah. Thank Who you for run the parliament. The Pakistani see, military that runs the parliament. Khan was yeah. not part of the military. He right. had to deal with them, but he wasn't run by them. Right. Uh, but most of the, the Pakistani parliament is run by the military, who are, who are highly... Uh, Supported by the United States. Yeah, and the military. Yeah, yeah, you just said it. I was just about to say that. So, like, that. Do you I didn't hear. I've been so busy. I didn't even hear Imran Khan got sentenced already. That's terrible. Well, I've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason why I knew is because I got a, a, pa- a Pakistani contact on on, te- on Telegram. And they, they let me know really fast. And I was like, yep. oh, my God. So. I think we talked about him last time, right? You know, Julian Assange interviewed him once. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Back when Assange, I thought I told you, it might have been in a different show, but back when Assange uh, was on RT from the Ecuadorian embassy, Imran Khan was one of the people he interviewed. And this is when Khan first ran. He was like second place. Um, but all the other people that ran against him then were corrupt. And the WikiLeaks showed that. And so they brought Khan on and, and Khan and, and, and Assange got along pretty well. Mm-hmm. But it's sad that coup against Khan. He was a pretty progressive leader. He was trying to yeah. do business with Russia. Uh, he was trying to do what India did, but the United States sees Pakistan as inferior to India, and then went in and and did the coup against him. Yeah, and, and you know people people will be protesting. Last time when this happened, they were protesting very. This hard month they're due to find out if 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 Assange is going to be quote unquote extradited, which is really a kidnapping, yeah. uh, to the United States. And this mm-hmm. month they're going to announce when the Uhuru three trial is. This month's going to be an interesting month. It's also going to be the anniversary of Malcolm X assassination. Yeah. On the twenty first, fifty nine oh, years. So the Hulu three will be um, on trial this month. No, they'll announce the trial date. Oh, okay. But okay. I believe they have to go to court to do that. So I might be going back to Tampa in February to show my support related yeah. this month. This is yeah, that, that's not right. And and um, they are appealing. I found that one of our Zoom sessions. Oh, they are okay. announced that uh, that the defense team is appealing the rejection. But the odds of the rejection not going through is very low. They're probably still going to announce a trial date. We have a comment here. Let's show the comment. This sounds interesting. Tampa Five this- got, uh, I don't know if you knew this. Shortly after Alex Saab was freed, the Tampa Five got dismissed. And we thought, oh, really? oh great, Huru's going to be next. But nope, they're still going after Huru. What were they saying about Pakistan? Let me read this. 
Yeah, it says a uh, Marxist Pakistani professor I followed didn't support Khan. I was shocked. Well, they were probably what? a bourgeois Marxist. There's different types of Marxists. Either that or, communism. or either that or an Orthodox Marxist, because Orthodox Marxists like, oh, Khan's not leftist enough. Give me a break. I mean, yeah. I think Trotsky himself would be this Orthodox, but you know, some of them are like super Orthodox. You know? There's Marxists that support Lula. <laughs> and Lula. He, he literally, Lula. yeah, he literally. I'm mad at. I support Lula too, by the way, but I'm still mad at him that he's given some type of recognition to 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 Dina, the the dick the, the freaking dictator over in Peru. Like I'm I'm still kind of heated about that, but I, I like. Lula. I don't believe he gave the recognition. <laughs> what he did was, he said that Pedro Castillo overstepped his constitutional mandate, but that doesn't mean he was he was backing the fact that Pedro Castillo was arrested. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. Dino over o- overstepped as well. If if I mean, actually, he didn't overstep his mandate. It was legal what what he did. Um, an emergency situation. There was an emergency situation. Pedro could have yeah. done what he did in Peru, and mm-hmm. Lula didn't understand that because he doesn't understand Peruvian law. Right. Uh, but at the same time, he wasn't saying I back what Dina's doing. I back the repression. I back the pa- the Pedro Castillo was arrested. No, Lula never said that. Well, when you do a photo op, Alex. I don't. I didn't know about the photo op. Everyone's gonna be pissed about what's going on. I've been dealing with my own issues. I haven't been paying attention. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't agree that Lula <laughs> should be in Rome with Dina Balarte. Dina Balarte <laughs> should be totally isolated from the other Latin American countries right. because she's a dictator and imposed by the United States. And this should not be tolerated anymore. This is not the 1970s. This is not the juntas, the the Condor years. This is supposed to be a more progressive era for Latin America. Right. A more independent right. era. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree, but. Like I get it, he's pragmatic in the things that he does. So I believe that. Well, the people that pretend to be on the left that like Bolsonaro, who's way worse, yeah, Jesus, than Christ. Lula, yeah. Uh, you know, even people in the gray zone have said uh, that they like Bolsonaro. I think the main reason is because he was anti-vaccine or whatever. That's Not right. Lunica, you know, right? But but they love Bolsonaro apparently. But Bolsonaro, God, take Lula. I'll take Lula any day over Bolsonaro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I, I'm very shocked that there are even leftists that are considering to like Bolsonaro. He literally is fascist. <laughs> like, it's well, literally, when they asked him in an interview <laughs> years past, who's who's your number one influence in history, and he said Goebbels, oh, Hitler's God. minister of propaganda. Jesus. Bolsonaro said it himself. What an asshole! And when he fled to Orlando. Only about a three hours drive for me. I planned a protest outside his home. I found out where he was staying. Uh, and then soon before the protest was going to happen, he went back to Brazil. I guess some deal was made so he wouldn't be convicted for his corruption down there. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that Lula's kind of middle ground. I wouldn't say he's pro-U.S., but he's friendly to the United States. Yeah, he knows how um, to balance the bullshit. I would say he's after <laughs> the Chilean government. Although they have some cabinet members who are communists, uh, but he's certainly not as leftist as Maduro or Pedro Castillo was. There's no comparison there. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I and, and I appreciate that you the, the fact that you said that Pe, uh, Pe, Pedro uh, Castillo had the right to 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 do that because he did. I mean, other other Peruvian presidents from from what I've been told have done it before. Well, that's so, because the Congress has too much power. Uh, right. They have a right to. Impeach the president. I remember what the percentage is, but it's very easy to impeach a president in Peru. They should change that. 
Um, but if there's if the majority of the public backs the president against the will of a corrupt Congress, they can temporarily shut it down, which he did. You can do that in the proving constitution. Yeah. And I'm sure Comrade Paolo would tell you this. He, he was, I believe he was born in Peru. My father's yeah. Peru. I lived there for a time. So I'm familiar with this system. What um, are your thoughts on Ecuador? able to do that? Is is Ecuador right? They just got the uh, the right wing president, or am I thinking about Argentina? No, he's been there for I think he's been there uh, six months now. Uh, but yeah. it's been chaos since he took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and he's like, I mean, by the way, the guy prior to him is a continuation of right wing. The guy yeah. prior him was right wing, and yeah. the guy prior to that, because Lenin Moreno was not a real left winger. He's the one that, that that gave Assange over to the British authorities. He betrayed Rafael Correa's party. The last real leftist president was three presidents back, Rafael Correa. So the current president is a continuation of the right, which is the destruction of the Ecuadorian economy, the continuation of the neoliberal uh, policies, uh, the IMF loans that is destroying the Ecuadorian economy, the fact that they built the U.S. base in, the, in, the, in a section of the Galapagos, which is supposed to be protected territory, uh, the fact that they did not return to the Sucre currency in Ecuador, they maintained the U.S. dollar. Had Correa stayed in power longer had, or had a, a true Korean took over, uh, you know, from from Correa's party, uh, they probably would have went back to the Sucre. But it's the American mm-hmm. dollar that controls Ecuador. Argentina, which is a larger country, is trying to go to the, with Malay, who's a complete right-wing maniac, yeah. uh, to, to the U.S. dollar. That would be a disaster for the Argentine economy. I agree. I agree. Uh, and and you know Ecuador, they said like it's not it hasn't been as violent, and now it's even more violent. And well, it's wrong by the, the cartels. Yeah. Like you had a presidential candidate that was killed by by the cartels. They hired Colombians to do it, but these were Ecuadorian cartels. It's and when Correa the was in power, there was virtually no cartels in Ecuador. It was a very safe country. You've had all these years where right wingers took over, and the drug cartels are, are taking over as, as a result, and they're backing these right wing candidates. Yeah. I mean, with the U.S. backing as well, where you have the U.S. DEA or CIA, usually have drugs, right? They bring them yeah. in. They're one That's of the same. You need Lewis, um, President Lewis, to. By the way, know. Pablo Escobar's son <laughs> said the reason why his father operated as long as he did is because he worked with the CIA. This uh, is what they do. There's a long history really? of this. Uh, Noriega, when he was drug peddling, he did that behest of the CIA. Mm. They, we, he was only became a U.S. enemy later on when he was talking to Cuba. Uh, so who's the new narco state? But, but let me tell you, even, 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 hear me out, hear me out. Okay. Even El Chapo, even El Chapo, I believe El Chapo's daughter, some close relative of El Chapo exposed the fact in an interview that if her father worked with the CIA as well. So if you're a drug lord operating in Latin America somewhere, odds are the United States is protecting you. Right. So, of course, if you're a U.S. puppet, a right winger in Ecuador, you're going to bring in the cartels and U.S. orders. That's just how it works. It's been going on like that, at least since the 1980s. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, Colombia is all over this now because now that Colombia has a left-wing president, there's been a lot of inner fighting between the the, 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 the former narco state powers and this new government. And if, do you think- Let me tell you, Santos is thrilled and he's not openly thrilled, really? but he's no, you don't want to say he's probably <laughs> thrilled now. The fact that his his compatriot Alex Saab was freed. Mm. A lot of people don't realize Alex Saab was born in, in Colombia. Mm-hmm. 
I believe he lived in Colombia till his late twenties and then migrated to Venezuela where he became a Venezuelan national and diplomat. But he's originally from Colombia. And Alex Saab represents that unity between the Colombian left and the Venezuelans. The oligarchs always tried to divide the Venezuelans from the Colombians. They were the same nation yeah. on the boulevard at one point. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That's interesting. Along with Panama and Ecuador, they were called the Gran Colombia or Grand Colombia. That, that was the name of the nation at that time. Well, would you call this a pink tie, even though the right winger got in? Well, um, Peru was right wing the entire time of the original pink tie in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. The fact that Peru with Pedro Castillo restored relations with Venezuela soon after I went there, along with Argentina, was still under a kind of center-left government under Fernandez, was a victory. But unfortunately, since then, uh, there's been a reversal in Argentina and Peru, and Ecuador's continuing to be right wing. But you still have a number of left governments, or at least center-left, Brazil, Chile, Nicaragua, Colombia, Venezuela, very significant. Bolivia is maintained by Arce, ally of Morales. So that, in, in that regard, they're making some gains. Mm -hmm. Even the president of Guatemala. So a lot of people don't realize Arbenz, right? You heard about the Arbenz coup in Guatemala? Yeah. So the president before Arbenz was, was part of the same party as Arbenz. I believe they were the same political party. They certainly were political allies. His son... The son of the president before our Benz. I can Google it right now because uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. But the son of, of the progressive president who was part of our Benz group is empowering in Guatemala now. He was just elected like one month ago. So Guatemala's gone left too. That's a good thing. And Mexico, you want to forget AMLO in Mexico. He's left, definitely. He stood up to the. Yeah, United. but his. Let me look up his, Guatemala president. His stance on Palestine wasn't really too nice. Okay, Aravalo. So Aravalo's <laughs> father worked with our bands and Arevalo's mm -hmm. progressive like his father was. So uh Arevalo in Guatemala now is to the left. That's a victory in Central America. Mm -hmm. What were you just saying? I said AMLO did not have a nice response about um Palestine. He didn't want to he didn't want to end his uh relationship with Israel and he didn't want to condemn Israel. Maybe he changed his mind now. I'm not familiar with that, but I know that he's been advocating for Assange. He offered him asylum. Uh -huh. And I know yeah. that Assange's Assange right, yep. wife has been all over Twitter defending Palestine, which makes okay. sense because WikiLeaks helped inspire the Arab Spring, which helped make a more friendly government uh, arise in Egypt that was pro-Palestine. Right. Uh, and that was uh, Morsi's government before it was overthrown by Sisi, who's a terrible dictator like Mubarak was. Yeah, FCC. Um, who's been complicit in the genocide in Gaza. Right. I wouldn't say as evil as, as Israel's role in Gaza is, but definitely complicit and cowardly. Um, but I'm not I'm not familiar with Amos' position in, in the in the Middle East. I'd have to look into that. But certainly he's taking other positions I agree with. He helped save Ev Morales' life uh when there was a coup in Bolivia. Yeah, I remember. He helped that, yeah. he helped save Pedro Castillo's wife and children in the Peruvian coup. I didn't he know stood that, up. But that's, nice. that's nice. He yeah. stood up to the yeah, they're Pedro Castillo's family lives in Mexico. That's a fact. And he stood up to the U.S. on a number of occasions. So he's had a lot of positions that I agree with. Mm -hmm. And Mexico has very friendly relations with Venezuela. They've hosted negotiations between the Venezuelan opposition and Maduro's government, the legitimate government. And the, by the way, they're supposed to be, probably by the end of this year, presidential elections in Venezuela. There's also presidential elections in the so-called bourgeois democracy of the United States, which is not even a bourgeois democracy at this point. 
but it's yeah. a it's a it's a full on corporatocracy. Let's stay on Mexico for a minute. Like Venezuela are far more democratic. Yeah, tell me about Mexico. Yeah, let's stay on Mexico for a minute, though. I'm trying to find research on this. Do you think the United States is funding the cartel? They always do. Because because AMLO, he didn't say outright, but but when Chapo fell out of line like Noriega did, then they extradited him or kidnapped him to the U.S. So so just off of the CIA connection, it's clear as day that the United States government is always funding the cartel. That's where they always get their weapons from, and because majority of their weapons is imported from the United States as well, too. Absolutely. So how can AMLO stop this? Because AMLO mentioned that as well, too. He said, well, I wonder crazy, why a lot of people blame hear me out. A lot of people yep. blamed AMLO for Mexican journalists getting killed. When you actually do your homework, those were journalists that were allied with AMLO. Those mm-hmm. were journalists that were fighting the corruption, that were fighting the cartels. AMLO is very anti-cartel. It's just he doesn't want to start a civil war, so he's doing it in a, I agree, in a careful way. Yeah, those motherfuckers are souped up. You got to be careful with them. They they're not like the mob, the mafia, where they just got like got a little bit of guns there. So they they are like their own fucking army. At this well, because point. they own like the the governments in a lot of those areas, right? So there's only so much AMLO can do with this with his federales, with his federal forces, you know? Right, man. And you know Texas. By the way, the Zapatistas in the '90s were not as sectarian because they needed their help because of the neoliberal attacks um, and the attacks of the right wing government at that time. But now the Zapatistas don't want to talk to anybody. Like I'm not going to beg them. Please negotiate with me. I support you. I'm a leftist like you. And and the Zapatistas would say f you because <laughs> they're they're pretty sectarian. These are what my Mexican comrades told me. So. Mm-hmm. They're great people. They're just very sectarian. They don't want to work with AMLO. And it's not because of AMLO. It's because of them. Mm-hmm. So would it be fair to blame him for that? But I'd have to look into what his policy position is on Palestine. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it, 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 I'm hoping because that, that started um, around the November was when I heard about it. And I was very disappointed. So I hope his stance has changed. Well, one thing is saying I don't want to rip, dip, rupture diplomatic relations with Israel because uh, I want to have diplomatic relations with everybody. Uh, yeah. Even countries you're hostile to, because he is kind of hostile with the United States. Another thing is endorsing the genocide. I've never seen a statement of Amlo endorsing the genocide. Oh no, he has never done that. No, right. no, no, he has never done that. The thing is, he believes in diplomacy. He believes the best way uh, to deal with Israel maybe is protesting what they're doing and making remarks about it, not doing the extreme of rupturing diplomatic relations. There's a lot of Arab countries that still have not ruptured diplomatic relations that have restored it with Israel for this, but some Latin American countries have. Amlo, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is not one of them. So. Uh, and did you hear about this ceasefire that they're proposing now? Well, there's yeah. always proposals, and usually it's by Hamas, and Israel rejects them. This yeah. one by Israel or by Hamas? This is Israel this time. Really? And what are the conditions? Um, I haven't looked into it yet, but I saw it's Palestinians. So they can focus on the north because they're so bloodthirsty, they, now they want to go into Lebanon. Yeah. But I saw Palestinians rejoicing on um, on the live feed and on Instagram. Um, well, because this is a victory for the the resistance if the Israelis pull out. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, by the way, everyone, please go to my page and donate to uh, Gaza Solidarity Aid. Um, they need they they they're they're depleting in resources. Yeah, they're you're doing depleting. good work advocating for them. I support that. Thank thank you. We have I a question. Donate as well. <laughs> 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 Got to get back on my feet, comrade. 
I feel you, comrade. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, comrade, I have a I have a question in the comment session for you. Oh, good. Go ahead. Yep. Let's let's pop it up. Uh, what keeps the heavily armed drug cartels from being pro people? Are they authoritarian, fascist, just warlord violence? The Sahel military seems principled. What gets us? What gets us different outcomes? So, clarify to me, uh, Comrade Jamar, because uh, you might know better than me. What is the Sahel uh, military? The Sahel military, I believe, he's talking about um, in Africa. Which country, Somalia? Um, the Sahel was a, is uh, the region around Niger. Oh, okay. Bikini Faso. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the anti-French struggle. Yes, yeah. I, I support That's the efforts to, to to throw out the French imperialists 100. It's very inspirational what they're doing in that part of Africa. Um, mm -hmm. But we talk about the drug cartels in Latin America. They don't have an ideology. Most of them. Uh, I mean, there was even talks of Escobar having secret uh, sympathies for the leftist guerrillas. We, we don't know. We knew mm -hmm. who grew up working class, but there's people that grew up. Plenty of people grew up working class that went to the right instead. But I think a lot of these cartels are non-political. They're just opportunists. They'll bribe whatever politician they can to let them do their business. Um, and they are authoritarian. They're not fascist either because they're not political. Um, That's interesting. I never really thought of having a political analysis on fucking cartel. <laughs> no, because they're all about making money um, right. and control you know they're not about necessarily politics although they'll use certain politicians to fulfill their aims yeah i mean well when you think about it as well too i mean every single drug lord like for instance um let's just el chapo for right now they took care of where they came from they took care of their original homes the people there loved them the people there supported them because they always gave back but so, remember, they were doing it for a reason, not being out of being benevolent. They were right. doing. There was you always have to look at the motivation behind things, right? They right. were doing it because if they were on the run from the state, they know they go back to their home state and they'd be protected by those people because they took yep. care of them because they built schools and churches or whatever in that community and helped them. They're doing it for selfless reasons, not selfless, because then they know they can rely on those people to hide them if they have to go on the run or or anything like that. Right. Right. So in a way, I can see that there's some type of like some some understanding, like what this question is saying. Um, I don't think they would be fascist or authoritarian because every time they, I'm not in the cartel. I'm just all I know is here on the streets when it come to gangs and stuff. The only reason why they respond violently is when something else happens. By the way, the young lords, those were the main force that worked with the Black Panthers, represented the Puerto Rican independence fighters in the U.S. empire. Um, the young lords started out as a street gang. Yeah, A lot of the groups that Fred Hampton Sr. worked with started out street gangs. Then they got politicized, they got rid of the drugs, they got rid of the corruption, and they became revolutionary force. And in those situations, you can do that. You can take the young blood, the less indoctrinated or brainwashed members, and mm -hmm. politicize them. I'm not opposed to that. But I think hardened criminals, cartel members that are irreformable, you yeah. shouldn't work with them. You shouldn't trust them at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Most cartels would not have the power that they have. 
they would not be able to f- to operate the way they operate right. without U.S. support behind the scenes. So the, there's U.S. agencies, the U.S. tentacles, as they say, of the U.S. empire that's behind a lot of these things. And the right. perpetuation of stereotypes about Latin Americans to make us look inferior on shows on Netflix written by former DEA agents. Yeah, That's all intentional as well in the culture. Like I said, you wouldn't see Hollywood make a f- movie about Fort Modes. Shows the, the you know, what it was like under the Spanish, how the Seminole and the, the freed slaves worked together and ran a whole fort. You know that that made access to the to the to the coast and, and that part of Florida. They won't show that history. They won't show the great Andrew Jackson and how he decimated all of that. Mm. Mm. Last last question because we got we got. We got I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't say if <laughs> or not. I don't that's, know. So that's, that's a psych, psych, psychiatrist question because yeah, it, I know that it comes from Freud. Who was he was high in cocaine most of the time, but it was it was legal. They didn't get any pharmacy. But uh, Freud, uh, talking about drugs, right? But Freud, uh, you know, he used Greek terms like Narcissus was one of the Greek gods to define certain personalities. But I'm not an expert in the field, so I can't say if they're narcissistic or not. So basically, he can tell you where these fancy words came from. <laughs> like he can't tell you if they're actually. Oh, Freud wasn't the only one. Of course, that came from the Greeks, right? Like, for example, right. Uh, d- democracy comes from the Greek word democracia, which is democracia yeah. in Spanish, almost the same word, which means power to the people. So, right. a lot of the political words, concepts, comes from the from the Greeks as well. Mm. So, Alex Suarez, listen, I got to go to bed soon. Before I get up in the morning. But we need I need you to come back on the show. Can you do that for me? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I we have good you. conversations. <laughs> I'd love you to interview more people that are involved with the Huru um yeah. as, as the trial's ongoing so we Bring can expose on. what's going on. I would love to interview them as well, too. And I'm gonna have some very, very well prepared questions for them as well, too. So so they can so I could pick their brain. Um I will be so honored to talk to them. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, how can people find you? I put your Twitter page. Is that the only one? So let me just say, even though I'm sitting on an armchair, I'm by no means an armchair revolutionary. <laughs> I'm a hands-on revolutionary. And comrades can find me on Twitter under Alar Suarez 2. You see it there. Yep. And uh, I have a blog on WordPress under Alar Suarez where I've been um, – disseminating things out of Venezuela, translating them from Spanish to English, things happening there and in other parts of the world, Palestine. We're all in solidarity on that. As I said in the speech in D.C., it's beyond unity towards solidarity. That's where it really comes from, that empathy among the fellow oppressed and working class of the world. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on, bro. You know, just like you did, just hit me up, you know. You're always welcome to. You are a friend of the show, and I really wish the Hoovru um, best of luck in, in fighting this fascist case. Um, yeah, we should maybe do a panel sometime, have three or four comrades talk. That'd be interesting. That would be great. That would be freaking great. Peace, my brother. Peace, my guy. And to everybody out there, don't forget to like, share, and follow. And have a blessed day. <laughs>